Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Praise God, is the Lord good? And His mercy is still enduring. Thank God. Thank God His mercy is still enduring. He's still working on us. And I just love that scripture. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's going to get the job done. He's going to finish it. We're not going to finish it. I'm not going to finish it. You're not going to finish it. A lot of folks are trying to finish it. And they just end up getting in God's way. And just messing the whole thing up. That's the only reason why God's perfect plan for a person's life doesn't come to pass. It's because they just get in his way. They don't let him do it. They get out there and they get busy trying to make it all happen. They get out there trying to, try to, bring, it, trying to, bring, it, trying to bring it to pass. You know, it goes all the way back to the garden. Always go, goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. There God created them. I mean, he had a paradise for them. Everything was beautiful. Everything was wonderful. There was just peace and joy, happiness everywhere. There was no death. There was just life, and that more abundantly. Just life, overflowing life everywhere. And then the day came when Adam and Eve had a bright idea. That they were going to figure out how to perfect themselves and how to become like God, to become as good as God. Of course, they didn't just come up with the idea on their, on their own. That brilliant idea came from the devil. The devil came to them, spoke to them, Genesis chapter 3. In fact, why don't we just go there tonight, Genesis the third chapter. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it. Lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so we know the story. Adam and Eve listened to the counsel of the devil and went ahead and partook of this tree known as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they partook of it, their eyes were open. And they knew at that point, good and evil. But it did not turn into a blessing for them. It didn't turn out to be a blessing for them. It turned into a curse. And it brought death, just like God said it would, brought death upon their life. It brought death 
into this perfect creation, into this perfect world that God had set up for them. I mean, you think about it. When God created them, the Bible says he created them in his image and in his likeness. So they were like God from the start. I mean, there they were in the Garden of Eden, just clothed with the glory of God, clothed with the goodness of God, just covered with Him, radiating with God, radiating with life, so that they looked and were like God. And here the devil comes along and says, now if you do this, you will be like God. But they already were. They already were like God. But now he was telling them how they could make themselves like God. How they can take what God began in their lives and perfect it. If they just wouldn't listen to God and just follow the devil's advice, they can bring this to pass for themselves. But unfortunately for them, they didn't recognize what they already had and where they already were. They're already in perfectionville. I mean, they were in absolute perfection and they themselves had no flaws in them whatsoever. They were just like God. But they didn't see that. And they thought they could do better for themselves. And so humanity ever since, Adam and Eve, have been following suit. And they've been out trying to do better for themselves than what God has done and what God is doing. They're going to perfect their lives. They're going to raise themselves up, pick themselves up by their bootstraps and make themselves great. They're going to accomplish great things. But the problem is, anything we try to do apart from God ends in death. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to a man, but, there, but the end thereof is death. It seems right. This seems like the right way to go, the right thing to do. This seems like the good thing to do. But man's good apart from God is evil. It's evil. As we've been talking about, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil is all rooted in the same thing. And that is the nature of the devil. The, the fruit of this tree is both good and evil. Evil is just the other side of the good of man. Man can try to be good Try to, and can do some good things, some very nice things. But the end is death because apart from God, it's separated from life. Even with you and I, as new creations in Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's another scripture I like a lot. A lot of Christians don't have that. A lot of Christians walk around saying we're just old sinners. We're just old sinners saved by grace. That ain't in the Bible. 
Bible says if grace has saved you, you're not an old sinner. You're a new creation. Old sinners have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm a new creation. Well, as a new creation, the Bible says you are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. He didn't say you'll become more than a conqueror if you just hang in there, you know, show up for church enough times, pay your tithes, do what you're supposed to do, follow the book. If you, if you, if you work hard at it, oh, hallelujah, you have the potential to be more than a conqueror. You know, I believe that's where a lot of people see it. They read there and say, I'm more than a conqueror. And uh, maybe it's their confession they believe is going to get them there. You know, if I just keep saying that, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than... Sounds like work. Sounds like striving. Trying to make it happen. Try to make it come to... Come on, if you confess it enough, you can make yourself more than a conqueror. No, he said that you were. That you are more than a conqueror. It's a part of the new creation. So just like Adam and Eve, the new creation, which is the child of God who's been born again, the new creation, he's already the righteousness of God. He's already more than a conqueror. That means you're right in the sight of God by coming to church tonight. No, we're right in the sight of God because of what Jesus did for us, and we're believing that. We're looking at him. We're looking at that. We're looking at what he's accomplished for us. We're not looking at what we're doing, what we're trying to do, or what we can do to make ourselves better. Even Jesus, when he walked the earth, he didn't look to himself. He was always looking To the Father. He wasn't out trying to do something great for the Father. He wasn't out trying to get something done for the Father. The Father is doing the work through him. Notice over in Philippians chapter 2. It says in verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Stop. Did he just say to have this same mind? He said, let this mind be in you. I want you to think like this. A lot of religious people hate this. That's because they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's why. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. same, Same mind. Think just like him. Who being in the form of God. What form are you in? Have you been created in the image and likeness of God? Recreated in Christ Jesus so that now you don't have the sinful old nature? Now you're a new creation? Back to being in his likeness so that he's not ashamed to call you brethren? 
so that you are now his sons, his daughters, his children? Yeah, that, that, that's what we're talking about. See, we're in the form of God. We're not in the form of animals. We, we didn't evolve. We weren't formed, you know, on the beach. And became, I like the beach, but, but we, that's not, that's, we, didn't, we, didn't, we, we didn't evolve out of the sea, you know. We were formed by God. So we're in the likeness of God. So have the same mind now. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Is there anybody here that's equal with God? I'm going to let you answer it. I know it's tough. Why is it so tough? Because you're not believing. You know why it's so tough? I'm going to tell you why it's so tough to say I'm equal with God. You know why that's tough? Because the carnal mind that's full of the knowledge of good and evil, when it hears that, it thinks, I'm not equal with God. I could never be equal with God. Duh. Excuse my lack of um, vocabulary. (laughs) Duh. That's a double duh. But you see, they don't think duh. Because when they hear that, they're coming from a person that's munching on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they're over here trying to be good in themselves. But you see, you get rid of that, and you're not uncomfortable anymore when you understand that God can do whatever he wants with you. And if he decides to make you equal with him by calling you his offspring, not just his creation, but by calling you his offspring and raises you up and makes you sit together with him in the heavenly places, then he can say you're equal to him. Equal to God. We've been made equal to God. You can't make yourself equal with God. But God can make you equal with him by putting him in you. Causing you to be one spirit with him. Are we one spirit with the Lord? Now, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life and you've received the Holy Spirit, this is true. You are one spirit with, so here's the spirit of the Lord, and here's you, and you're one. He doesn't say it's the spirit of the Lord, and then it's one. you're one together. That's equality. Do you see that? He says, have this mind in you. You're formed in the likeness of God. You're equal with God. He says, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of Men, and so we need to do the same thing. We follow the example of Jesus and we yield ourselves to Him and we make ourselves servants to others because we understand we are what we are by the grace of God, not because of our own strength, right? But because, because He made us that way and He wants everybody to be that way. So we want to help people be that way. It's not a pride thing. I'm equal with God, I'm bigger and better than you. No, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thinking. I'm better than you. I will be like this. No, we're like this because of the grace of God, and we want other people to know it too. So we take on the, the position of a servant 
Let me read this from the Amplified, verse 6, from the Amplified Bible. It says, Who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it. How powerful is that? I'm going to read that that last part again. I'm going to read the whole thing again. Who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God as one with him. Are we one with him? The Bible says we are. Possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes. Does the Holy Spirit have all of God's attributes? And you're one with him? So you possess this. This is what you possess. How many people came here tonight with this mind? No, we still got Christians walking around with this mind. I'm just an old worm. I'm just a worm. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Jesus is everything. I'm nothing. Well, apart from Jesus, you're nothing. But if you've been made one with him, then everything he is, he is in you. And you are his body. And you are his righteousness. And you are his power and his strength and everything that he is. You got it. It's yours. It's who you are now. We need to have that mind in ourselves. Possessing the fullness of the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped like Adam and Eve did in the beginning. They thought that was something they can grasp. They already had it. Why are you grasping for something you already have? You know, a lot of people have a tough time just receiving and accepting things. A lot of times people feel like they have to work for it. They have to make it happen. You know, for it to be genuine, for it to be real. Man, they got to get out there and they've got to do it. They've got to prove it to themselves. They got to prove it to the world that they can do it. I wasn't born with some silver spoon in my mouth. Well, that's fine for you. You weren't born with this. I was born again with a gold crown on my head. And a scepter in my hand. Huh? And I'll take a silver spoon in my mouth. Get those angels in here. I need that silver spoon full of good things in my mouth. Huh? Because I'm sitting at the table with the king. With the Godfather. With Father God. We're sitting at the table with him. But you see, that attitude, it's a pride thing. Nobody, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I I wasn't any senator's son. There's actually a song that says that. I ain't no senator's son. He's just going on bragging about how wonderful he is. Because, um, you know, nobody gave him anything. You know, his success... Is his. He did it. You see what I have? I built this. You see all this over here? This is, I got that. that that's because 
I worked hard. I worked hard. I put in the hours. I put in the time. I, I burned the midnight oil. I burned the candle at both ends to make this thing happen. Nothing comes easy. If you're going to accomplish something, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to get out there. And you're going to have to strive. And you're going to have to work at it. Because things don't come easy. Life don't come easy. And God works for those who work for themselves. Read that in the book of Proverbs. God works hard for those who work for themselves. You know, that's not in the Bible. Just, just for those that didn't realize that. That isn't scripture. I mean, it might be in the first book of Satan. But it's not in the Bible. No, God works hard, period. He's working all the time. He's working all the time. He's working on you. He's working in you. He's working through you. As you yield and let him work, he works. And he brings to pass his will. And the work that you do is the result of your faith in him. It's not you out there working, trying to make things happen, to do things for God, to please God. You cannot please God with your works. That's why Jesus came, because you could never please God with your works. God has made you acceptable in his well-pleasing son. He made Jesus well-pleasing, and then he puts you in Jesus. And he says, you are well-pleasing to him. In the book Ecclesiastes, it says, uh, he's, already, he's already accepted your works. Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 3, for we who have believed, what? Believed God. Believed his word. Do enter that rest. They entered that rest. There is a rest of faith. Faith rests. Believing in God is a rest. It's not a striving to bring things to pass. It's just a trusting in him. Allowing him to do whatever it is he wants to do. And trusting him that he knows what he's doing. Oh, Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to trust you that you know what you're doing. Because so many times we think we, you know, we're so much smarter. Right? We think we're so much smarter. We think we can figure it out. Now, we don't say that to ourselves, but by our actions, that's what we're preaching. That's what we're showing. That we think we're smarter than him. But how many people know you're not smarter than God? But again, that goes all the way back to the beginning, right? Adam and Eve, in the very beginning, they thought they were smarter than God. They thought, you know, God don't know what he's talking about here. Or, or he's just being, de- God's just being flat out deceptive. You know, I think God's trying to hold us back from some stuff here. You know, following God just means having my life robbed of good things. And so I might come to God after I'm done with wanting to have a good life. You know, when I'm ready to retire from life, that's when I'll go ahead and become a Christian. You know, because I don't want my life robbed. Of good things. You know, God made you. 
And uh, he knows what makes you tick. And he knows what's best for you. And I tell you right now, it's not sickness. It's not disease. It's not any kind of demonic oppression. It has nothing to do with death. Death was never his idea. That was not his idea in the very beginning. God's idea is life. He even tells us. Jesus even tells us that in John 10.10. 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have nothing to do with that. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I have for you. I have life for you. And praise God through faith in him, we got it. Hallelujah. We got life. We got the life of God. So a lot of folks are still out there trying to get faith. They're even trying to get faith to be able to believe. No, he's even giving you that. Because the Holy Spirit's called the spirit of faith. And the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you've received him into your heart. Then you have the spirit of faith on the inside of you. And the spirit of faith comes with all the faith of God. All the faith of God you need. So the faith is there. The faith is there. The righteousness is there. The power is there. The wisdom is there. Everything is there that we have need of. We really don't have to get it. We just have to learn about it and enjoy it. Believe it and rest in it. Because he who believes rests. He who believes, it goes on to say over in Hebrews 4, ceases from his own works. He's not out striving in his own works, in his own strength, to try to make a name for himself, try to accomplish something wonderful. No, he's not. He's resting, trusting. God's a good God. He's a good God. God's not a liar. God's a good God. And you know what? God knows what's going on. He, you know, he knows you're here tonight. He knows you're here tonight. See, a lot of people, I don't think, you know, people aren't really aware of how conscious God is of them. They're not conscious of how conscious God is of them. But he tells us in the Psalms, you know, he tells us that, you know, his thoughts towards you are more in, in number than all the grains of the sand on the seashore. That's a lot of grains of sand. And he thinks about you more than that. So, I mean, he's, his, his, he's always thinking about us. He's always conscious of us. So he knows what's going on, right? Jesus said, when you pray, he said, don't, don't repeat yourself a lot. He said, your heavenly Father knows what you have needed before you even ask. In fact, he'll be the one to actually, actually prompt you to ask. I've had God prompt me to ask for things that First of all, I wouldn't have thought it would have originated from him. I thought that would be a, just a natural, physical, earthly thing that would originate with me, with a person. And yet, there's things he has told me to do. Compelled me to do it. And with telling me to do it, he put the faith in me to do it. Whether it was getting a house or a certain vehicle or whatever it might be. But he led me go do it. I mean, I told him, you know, when I had my nice little apartment, I first moved here, I had, had a very nice apartment, and I had, you know, furniture that was handed down from grandparents and parents, and, and uh, you know, the house was nice, it looked like it was furnished by the Salvation Army, but it was sweet, it was a nice place, and I was just happy, I was like a pig in mud, man, I'm just happy as could be, I don't, you know, doesn't make, don't make much to me be happy, I got God in the house, it's a good place to be, 
where God is. And so I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm just so happy. I said, I, I, I don't need anything. I feel like I don't need anything, you know. I just I talked about the, you know, where I was living and how I, you know, I liked where I was. And he spoke to my heart. He said to my heart, he said, I'm not. Get out of here and get a house. Huh? I wasn't even thinking about that. Now, you wouldn't think God would tell you to go to the house. You would think you got to go come, you got to come to him pleading and begging. God, oh, God, please give us this house. Oh, Jesus, we just believe. We just believe. It'll all come to pass. Oh, God, we believe. We believe. Come on, God. Oh, God, please, come on. Oh, no. We really want this. A lot of folks treat God that way. That's why people, people say, you know, I need, a, I need everybody to pray. I need everybody to pray for me right now. Pray, pray, pray. Why? Because, because God doesn't hear you. He's not aware of you. He doesn't know what you have needed before you ask. But Jesus said he does. Somebody says he knows what I have need of before I even ask. Hallelujah. Man, he's watching over you. He said if, if a sparrow falls to the ground, Hits your window, breaks its neck, and dies. He said, your heavenly father's aware of it. He knows it. He knows. He knows about the sparrow. How much more? How much more? If he takes care of the birds, if he takes care of the squirrels, he's going to take care of you, O ye of little faith, little believing, little rest. You're not resting. You're anxious, you're, you're not trusting that God, God knows, God cares. Those are two things to just get a hold of. God knows and God cares. Why don't you say that? Say it again. Hallelujah. Isn't that nice to know? Ah, I do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big sigh of relief. God knows. And God's cares. He's got me covered. He's protecting me. He's watching over me. He's faithful to perform his word in my life. To perform every covenant promise that he made to me. He's going to bring it all to pass. He's already accepted your work. What is your work? Trust him. Believe him. Look to him. Because he is our everything. First Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 30, it says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He became this for us. We are in him, and this is what we have because of him. Righteousness, sanctification. Redemption. Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul by the Spirit said in verse 9 that he wanted to be found in him, in Jesus, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from 
God by faith. Righteousness from God. Not, not you trying to make everything right. But righteousness that's from God. And notice he says, not of the law, the law of works. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 says, Therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law, watch this, is the knowledge of sin. The knowledge of sin. Let's go back to Genesis. The knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Right and wrong. That's the knowledge of sin. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is, the, is, the, is we could say, the tree of the knowledge of sin. It's sin consciousness. It's a consciousness of right and wrong. We were never created to, to have that. We were always to be just conscious of God, of Him. He's our righteousness. He makes everything right. We're not over here with a standard of right and wrong. We just look at Him. We're just in Him. That's how it was supposed to be for Adam and Eve. That's how it's supposed to be for you and I today. Except for you and I today, it's not a tree with fruit. It's the law. It's the law. Through the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all. This righteousness is to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. This is for anyone who believes. It doesn't matter. Your background, your past, it doesn't matter what you do, where you live. We're all the righteousness of God through faith in Him. We're right through faith in Him. What's that? That is looking at Him, putting your trust in Him, resting in Him for your righteousness to make you right. Not looking to yourself, not looking to you to try to follow godly principles. That just leads to evil. That just leads to death. It leads to striving. It actually takes you further from God because it causes you to walk more and more in pride. Depending on yourself. That's not where we're supposed to be. We're never supposed to be there. I said we're never supposed to be there. So one of the reasons why God actually gave the law and the commandments to Moses was to help people to see that they could never be good enough. They were supposed to look at the law and say, I can't do this. I can't live up to this. And get a revelation that they need God to intervene. They need God to rescue them. If they want to make heaven, they need God to do something because I can't make heaven in my own strength. By following these rules and regulations, I can't do it. I can't follow these commands because, you, you know, you'd break one of them, you're guilty of the whole thing. So they needed to see they can't do it. But instead of seeing that, they kept trying to do it. 
They kept trying to do it. They kept trying to be right in the sight of God through the law. But then Jesus comes and he says, trust in me. Put your faith in me and my righteousness will be imparted to you and you will be the righteousness of God. You will be right in the sight of God. Right enough in the sight of God right now to be able to receive from God, walk with God, pray to God, have a relationship with God. It's yours now. Not after you've prayed enough, read your Bible enough, da-da-da-da-da-da. A lot of times people, you know, they mess themselves up because, you know, they get in there, they, they spend time with the Lord, and then they, they'll sort of walk away from the Word of God, and they just walk, get right in the flesh. You get right in the flesh. Fall right in the flesh. Why is that? Because they were trusting that their time with God was now going to help them to live a godly life. And it's not going to help you live a godly life. Spending time in the Word is not going to help you to live a godly life. What it's designed to do is help you to see that you're godly. The whole whole thing is for you to recognize who you are in Christ. This is who I am. This isn't what I'm to become. This isn't what I'm to endeavor to accomplish. This is who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Spirit truth's on the inside of me. I'm honest. I'm not a liar. I'm faithful because he who is faithful and true is on the inside of me. I mean, just whatever he is, that's who we are already. So, man, that's why I love getting in the Word because it's not to get me what I need so I can live a great day, have a great day today. I love getting in the Word because it helps me to rest. It reminds me, God's in me. He and I are one. This is who I am. This is who He is. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we talk. This is how we live. This is, this is how we act. This is, this is just, it's who we are. Not who we hope to be. Not who we want to be. But who we already are. Somebody say, I'm already there. Yeah. So, praise God, we've already, you know, we could already retire. You don't have to wait another few years to collect Social Security. And... No, praise God, just go ahead and start collecting your Social Heavenly Security now. Just start receiving all your benefits now. All the benefits. It's yours now. You don't have to wait. You just might as well go ahead and enjoy life in God. I want to enjoy my life in God. How about you? The Bible says over in the book of Hebrews, it talks about faith, and he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek the rewards. No, those who diligently seek him. But notice, he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is. So he is. He's very aware of you right now. He is right now. He's watching over us. He knows what we have need of. Thank you, God. We're not going to get taken advantage of. Thank God the enemy's not going to triumph over us. Thank God we're going to get through whatever we've got to get through. 
Because God knows he's seen ahead, he's provided. All we got to do is rest and believe. Rest and believe and be hitched to him. Rest, believe, and flow. Wherever he does go, we flow with him. And that's exciting about prayer because prayer takes you on a flow with God. It's like a little, it's like a little ride throughout the country. Right? You just hitch with God, and it's a flow. Shikalabasata. And you pray, you pray in the spirit, you pray with the understanding, and you communicate with God, and you're declaring his word, and you're just, you're just flowing throughout the country. You're just connected to him, and you're just flowing and going. That's prayer. Prayer isn't striving and working and trying to get things to happen. Now it's just hooking up with God and let's go. Let's go get some things done. Let's get some things done. Praise God. And it's fun when you know God's getting it done through you. He's getting it done through you. He's doing, he's doing the heavy lifting. We're just along for the ride. There was a, uh, a music band called Huey Lewis and the News. A certain song that they sang came to my attention. It's called Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Now, Jacob's Ladder, you know, we see that in the Word of God. Jacob, the son of Isaac, who's the son of Abraham, he was traveling and he came to a place called Bethel and he lied down and, and slept. And then he had a dream. And he saw a ladder that reached into heaven. And God spoke to him from that place, gave him revelation. And so he woke up. He said, how awesome is this, is this place? God is in this place, and I did not know it. Well, I mean, no, God is in this place. God's in whatever place you're in, and you need to know it. But he said, I, and I did not know it. Then later on, Jesus makes reference to Jacob's ladder, and he's talking to a certain disciple, and he says, from here on, you'll see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Well, what Jacob saw, he saw a ladder with, the, with angels ascending and descending on it. So Jesus says, from henceforth, you will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus is saying that he is a fulfillment of that ladder. He is that mediator between heaven and earth, between God and man. Now again, people could turn that ladder into a works thing and think that they're going to climb it. That they're going to reach heaven. They're going to use Jesus to be religious enough to reach heaven. To reach God. And so they're over in works. They're over with, but no, no, no. We've got a direct line to God. We've got angelic assistance. We've got angels coming, assisting us as we're here on the earth. We've got supernatural help. There's supernatural things going on that Jesus has opened up for you and I. We're not to be climbing Jesus to get to the Father. Jesus connects us to the Father. But anyway, this music group I mean, this is not Sunday school, but somehow they got the lyrics to this song called Jacob's Ladder, and how many people like to hear a little bit of it? Now, we're not going to play the whole thing because I'm not going to desecrate this holy place, but listen to the inspiration in this song, and here, think about what we're talking about tonight. 
That the difference about receiving salvation through Jesus Christ, receiving his righteousness, or trying to do things in our own strength. Trying to improve our lives on our own. Can you play that? Listen to this. She was running from a fat man selling salvation in his hands. Selling salvation in his hands. Fat man. He's trying to save me. But I'm doing all right. The best that I can. Think about that. Just another fallen angel trying to get through the night step by step. One by one, higher and higher, step by step, rung by rung, climbing Jacob's ladder. Now, turn it off. I'm just going to read the next part. Coming over the airwaves, the man says, I'm overdue. Sing along. Send some money. Join the chosen few. So he's mocking ministers. Again, the second time. So first we've got the fat man trying to sell salvation. But I'm doing all right. The best that I can, right? Now, coming over the airwaves, television, radio, just send me some money, you know. Sing along. Send some money. Join the chosen few. Notice his response. Well, mister, I'm not in a hurry. I don't want to be like you. All I want from tomorrow is to get it better than today. All I want from tomorrow is to get it better than today. Step by step, one by one, higher and higher. Step by step, rung by rung, climbing Jacob's ladder, and on and on and on. All I want from tomorrow is to get it better than today. He repeats that. So what's, what's the whole song about? It's all about I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to make each day better. I'm going to do my best to make each day better. I don't want salvation. I don't need salvation. I'm doing the best I can. That's the mentality of the world. And people singing it. And you think about the inspiration. I mean, that's like Satan right there. Just right there in the garden. Telling them, partake of this tree. This is the way to do it. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of sin. The tree that represents the law, the commandments, the rules, the regulations. That's what's going to get you someplace in life. That's what's going to get you to God and be like God. Just like the Tower of Babel. That was their whole thing. Was to build a tower that reached into heaven. They wanted to build that tower that reached into heaven. And God came down and scattered it. But mankind today is still the same thing. One world government, one world order. We're going to reach God. We're going to create our own utopia. And of course, it always leads in death and disaster. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Well, let's stand up. Let's thank the Lord tonight. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. 
That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.